I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This week on Up to 90, we talk... Fight Club. Fight Club! Bring on the masculinity, Emma. How are you, Emma Pear? I'm good. I'm good, yeah. Good. Oh, I thought you were going to give me a real answer there. No, no. Got the period all as well. Ah, uh, good. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm at that stage Thanks now. Thanks be to God. God, imagine now if... if four. Number four. Insane. And Julie's still on a big fat zero. Um, ah, I find I get my pe- I get my period and then do not do live. I specifically told you no live video of me this evening. Do not show me. No. Do not show me. I've no makeup on. I've got a hun bun. I've been sweating all day. Your babe loving the maxi dress. You're just put a filter on. Your pigtails. Put a filter on. I'm beyond. Fi- this is beyond filter. Come on now. Okay. Up to ninety. Up to 90, up to 90, with Emma and Julie. Oh, yeah. Uh, of course, we're just on the photo on the photo. It was fantastic. Thank you so much for, to everyone who came. Thank you for We had a great time. Thank you so much. It is like Thank comedy you, Aiken. Christmas. Thank, Thank you, Ivy Gardens. Ivy Thank Gardens, you. darling. Meet you by the waterfall. Um, uh, we will be in all together now this weekend, won't we, Emma? All together now. All together. All together now. Uh, so we'll be all together now in Waterford this weekend. Super looking forward to it. So yes. if you're going to be there, please pop along to the comedy tent. I think the lineup, the times, etc. are up now at this stage, aren't they? Ah, yeah. yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. So you can, can see I... when we're on Amazon. We're both on Saturday. Amazon a bit earlier in the day. And I'm on, I'm, I think we're, I'm only on kind of maybe an hour or so after you. Are you? So we're going to be passing ships. Do you know this? What time? I think I saw a line up somewhere. I think you're like lunchtime. Oh, grand. Yeah. So Because you have a busy day. Yes. So to get back then for... Someone's successful. No. It's just <laughs> so Treble happens. booked. Come here. I found a new food place. Oh, hit me. Buzzed about it. HX46. Now you think, what the fuck? But it was originally... I have it on good authority in Harold's Cross. So H. Oh, okay. Cross. Yes. I see. And what it was they number 46. There. I see. But there's one up the there. road from me. 
It does sound like an evidence. Like it yeah. kind of sounds like a you know I the way you'd like. Yeah, I wasn't convinced, but I got an evidence bag. I got myself teriyaki salmon. Oh, I love teriyaki salmon. Lovely. Love a bit me of teriyaki Nella, Me salmon. and Ella went up because Shane doesn't, he, just burger and chips. He's burger and chips fan. Yeah. So we went up and they tried to give us a, a tempura platter first. I didn't know what you were going to say there when you said tamp. And we walked out the door. And I was like, this is over 50 quid's worth of food. This is not me and Ella's food. Nearly in the car. Brought it back. You got just my took own a couple food. of bites out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It was good. It's nice. But uh, yeah, that's um, that's my new food place. I now. love a teriyaki salmon. Harold's Cross is a great old spot. Oh yeah, but now the one there's one in Rafarnham. There's one oh, up nice. the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, because they've moved from Harold's Cross. Sorry, yeah. No, they've got another one. They've got a few of them. They've around. got a few. A franchise. Yeah. So we have food zero takeaway options in Rathmaloyne. I'm afraid. Yeah, what are you getting? We're not getting, you know what, we're I've not getting anything. I've week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gotten to the stage now where I have to. I did get, I treated myself because I was in town today and I had a bit of time to kill. I went to, is it Judith Cuisine, you know, on South William Street? I haven't had an Indian since my birthday in December. Oh my goodness. Um, And I just, Fred kept banging on about how much he hated the Indian that I had on my birthday because he's, he's not into Indian. He's like a Chinese man. Okay. So I said, feck it, I'm going to go on my own because I just fancy, I yeah. just fancy, you know, garlic naan, mm. chicken tikka masala. It's so wrong, but it's so right with the cream mm-hmm. and the almonds and oh, all that. So oh, it's just gorge. And oh, wrap, I, I rounded it up with an owl after eight. And he gave me two after eights. Didn't have to ask for the extra after eight. He just took one look at me and he was like, she's a two after eights kind of girl. Yeah, but you did give him a blowjob, in fairness. Ah, sure, look, quick blowy. And he gave, look, an after eight afterwards, just to freshen up. I just think it's a nice gesture. I'm working on a new idea, actually. Oh. Speaking of blowjobs. Okay, go. So the other way, the cost of living in Dublin is very high at the moment in hence, Ireland hence why we're living yeah. in Rathmine yes and priced out of the market yeah everyone's finding it hard to get by everyone I talk to Emma of the people okay. <laughs> everyone I stop and talk to on the street right <laughs> Emma's Vox Pop is going well <laughs> and uh, it's my side project one of my many side projects so you know the way we have ATMs I'm thinking of HJMs okay I know exactly what the HJM yeah. stands for. Handjob machine. So you're strapped for cash, Judy. You're in town. You need a 50. You go up to the handjob machine. You put your hand in. There's no eye contact. You can't see the person. Put your hand in. Give a little handjob. Hands, it's all professional. I, hand don't, think, I there. don't think any man would pay 50 euro for a handjob. Well, look, there's a few issues to be ironed out. I'm going on Dragon's Den 2020, January 2020. Um, but now, if you know, and saying that, if you rock up and you kind of are being half arsed about it and make insufficient funds or, you know. But hand jobs are just, God, I just think hand jobs are. And I, this isn't like just, I'm not discriminating here. It doesn't, oh, but it doesn't Fred matter wants who to go and get a 20. Listen. Doesn't to give matter a who you're giving a hand job to or who's giving it to you. It just is the saddest, least sexual of all the jobs. Yeah, but so is not having any money, Judy. I'd happily go up to a HJM. 
get a bit of money. Do you yeah. think it's good? Well, I think that we need to offer the female equivalent. What about, I'm sure, like, I mean, you know, we're really getting into it now, but um, oh, if the female equivalent, now I had to laugh. Oh, God, this is gas. I am um, just for shits and giggles. I went on Pornhub the other day. Just, I was doing this bit, um, uh, this little segment in my set about um, porn. So I just like, I just want to see how bad things are these days. So okay. I went on. So in the categories I put in romantic sex. Right. Zero results. Intimate sex, zero results. So that's how you know you're a perv, but like you're a serious pervert. Sexual anomaly when there's zero categories on Pornhub. So then just for shits and giggles, I went to, I didn't actually click into the videos now. So like, I mean, they could have been fine. But just like so, the caption, you're like, okay, clearly this is going to be really just like fucking misogynistic gross so I just went dislike on like about you know did the thumbs down on like 10 videos and I was like this is boring now but what was it oh yeah so then there was someone had written um underneath uh you know they do a comment section but one of them now hadn't written the original I think it was a guy it was like something like this some guy asking for help with something I don't know it was like I can't find the hole or something anyone got any tips but someone's like well what I do is and like this this just so it's like I know some guy in like Colorado or something and he's like what I do is I just finger my girlfriend and like after she's orgasmed a few times like I put it in and I was like orgasmed a few times from fingering (laughs) how have we let men away with the lie for so long Okay, first of all... So I was going to suggest female equivalent mm. with the whole finger machine. What would we call it? FGM. That's Isn't that female genital no, mutilation? Do we you try and call it an FGM. No, no. no, no. Do you know Fingering. what I want? Do you know what I want? I want somebody to come along and put the remote control into my hand and let me watch Love Island without nice. complaining about it. Or even actually... And a cup of tea and a little bicky. Do you know what... In I, silence. That's what I want. Or do you know what would be amazing? Even someone like Bliss. doing the bins. Yeah. Now, this you doing your research for your porn joke, was this just an elaborate tale for you to check Fred's search history? Look, I have, <laughs> look, I he is on the Fitbit. Did you ever watch a series into and you're tip. like, Jesus, is this what he's watching? Top tip, ladies. Um, get them the Fitbit. Uh, ostensibly, you're, you, you re, you know, you're keeping track of their health, but really you're just keeping track of them. So it's okay. a great way to keep tabs. Ooh, you got a lot of steps in today. So it's great. I'd really mm. recommend it. Um, no, I think, well, you see, you've been to our gaff. It's essentially one big room. Yeah. So there's going to be no, like, watching porn for personal pleasure. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah, all yeah, in yeah, it together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all you have to put my earphones in to watch the Island. And even with that, there are about 10 interruptions. So, I mean, actually trying to, like, have a wank on your own. Like, forget it. I probably like I was thinking I I was um just ruminating on um that classic wank during Jason McAteer's pleasant sweat. Oh yeah. Who was with us that we were talking about? Was it Podrick Williams Quantum Leap episode? And I was we Don't were talking know. about the saddest wanks we ever had. I feel so bad. Pleasant we do we do an episode and a completely. <laughs> oh yeah, and people get in touch and they're like, I loved that episode. I'm like blank, nothing. Blankety blank. Blankety blank. That 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 was great. Blankety blank. Um, yes. So have we mentioned Koppenberg? Our sponsor. Speaking of wanks. 
Thanks, Copperberg. If I had to drink anything before a wank, it would be Copperberg. Yeah. If I had to drink anything during a wank, it would be Copperberg. Yeah. This if is it. You put on summer breeze. You put on summer breeze. You have half a bottle of your favorite flavor. Do you know what's my new Celebrate. favorite? Blueberry and lime. Oh, nice. So oh, you've had half yeah, of that. Nice. You've had half a bottle of blueberry and lime. You put on summer breeze. Summer breeze. <laughs> Get down on the bed. Turn off all the lights. Turn around the. Family. Tell the kids you're having a lie down. Yeah. Turn, <laughs> turn off the family pictures, facing the wrong way, obviously. And uh, get under the covers. Yeah. Put your head in the pillowcase. Just get it nice and dark. Do you know what I mean? God. <laughs> this Actually, is what Pornhub does to you. I you think you have to put your head in a pillowcase? <laughs> <laughs> I have another idea for the, the handjob machine. Because I don't want to be ages to I think you're on to, I think you're on to something with this. We put a smaller version at bus stops for people who just need a bit of change. And it's just, you just walk up and you just cut balls. Oh, yeah, just a bit of... And it's like a slot machine. Just a bit of ballage. And the only problem I mean, was there would be L ones hogging it like they were at Vegas. Do you know what? Do you know what I mean? but I'd probably grab anyone's balls, really. Sure, balls Imagine are it, balls. Do you know what I mean? This is it. Imagine in the winter... You're waiting for the bus. You've no change. You'd cup a pair of balls. Yeah. Wouldn't you? You, you would. I now, mean, I was concerned when that. you said not to be ageist about it. Um, we'll lower the level of the, the hand job machine. I was like, where is she going with this? <laughs> no, I just mean that like if you are kind of in your 90s, well, in your 80s, you're probably, you might be up to standing on a hand Why job machine. Why are we out people in their 90s? I don't know. When you're in your 90s, do you want, like, if you're getting a 50 from a hand job, you're going to, like, there's no limp wrists rocking up to this. If you have a bit of arthritis, mm. you may get to the back of the queue. You're only wasting your own time. Yeah, this is true. I mean, have you talked to women in their 80s? As I said, I'm out on the streets talking to people. There's a lot of women from that That's generation. That's why people call you the box pop queen. <laughs> there's a lot of people with osteoporosis. Yeah, they're just they're, not up it's to the, the milk, guys. You're not drinking enough milk. Yeah, look, they could give a hand job, but a ferocious one. But look, hand jobs aren't they the most boring thing ever? That's really. That's if I got when, a fifty at the end of it. Maybe not. I don't think anyone would give me a fifty for my hand jobs. They're so lackluster. But if you knew, but I'm telling you, if you knew your hand jobs like terrible. I mean, lackluster. Fifteen-year-old Emma would have given you a much better hand job. Well, than of 35. course, we were eager to please. It was the nineties. You wanted that can. Of course, you were going to give a better hand. But job. now it's fifty quid. I'm bringing it back. We need rewards. What? But would we have a female? I see. I don't. No, think but I, it's not a male right, female thing. Because right. if Shane needed a fifty quid, he'd go up and give a hand job too. I'm sure. I haven't asked. No, him yet. you're right. I think that the thing with the remote and maybe the bins would probably be just those little things. I don't need somebody else getting involved. Yeah, in, the, in my right. pleasure. Leave the wine to fear. me. You're right. Yeah, yeah. There's only um, a hand sanitizer there. Do you know which, what I mean? Okay, which bank would we approach first? For some reason, I don't know why, but I'm thinking AIB. Really? I, I was thinking KBC now, person. Were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're very on trend, the ads yeah, at the yeah, moment. Maybe the they'd ads. Be, well, I, do you know what? They might be more willing to take a risk. 
to test it out in one yeah. of the branches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they do have an ad at the moment now, shocking stuff. Um, Someone's wanking. Uh, it, well, it? I mean, you know, not too far off, but there is a woman, mm. um, a pregnant woman. Oh God, yeah. Buying a home, Emma. It's just as while you're sitting down. Right. Buying a home. And the ad seems to give the impression that she's doing all this on her own. No man required whatsoever. Groundbreaking stuff. God. So she's buying the gaff right. on her own. She's pregnant. She's gorgeous. She's young. She's trendy. She's pregnant. So maybe that's the bank that's willing to take the risks. I think they're yeah. the ones we approach. With the HJ machine. Yeah, let's do it. They're, they're just, they're changing mortgage ads. Yeah. What would you have to do to get a mortgage? <sighs> Fuck me, I don't know. I'm mad. Do you know what? I am at that stage where... We'd both have to get the tits done to start with. Yeah, I? but I'm looking at these people in the mortgage ads and I just feel like saying, what job do you have? Like, I just... <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to have to do to get a mortgage, to be honest. I would, I'm at the stage now where I definitely, mm. I'm kind of in nesting mode now. I would like to have my own gaff. I mean, obviously mm. you're going through this at the moment. But like, I think it's, you know, obviously I was being massively sarcastic there. I think it is good that they're depicting different types of people going for mortgages, etc. obviously. Um, but I wonder how true to life it really is for people because it's really tough for people at the moment. Like well, they can, they can make as many frou-frou, feely-good, warmy, It's just not reflecting the reality ads. for people. No. And what I don't understand is, and I know we've talked about this before, but, you know, if you have the savings mm. and you're paying rent why can't you just get a mortgage then? Like, what's the big hoo-ha? I mean, like, if you're self-employed, forget it. That's what yeah. I'm hearing back from people. Um, So I just, you wonder, you look at these depictions and you're like... But that, see, this is, what it com- this is what it comes back to. to. That's what I'm trying to do with the HJM. I'm just trying to give people other options. Yeah. That's right. all I want to do, Judy. All I want to do. I think I think it could be a runner. Uh, so we're saying we're going to approach KBC first because yeah. they've been doing the whole brave advertising. <laughs> <laughs> they've been doing a lot. I mean, imagine a woman buying a house on her own. It's not real life, is it? No. <laughs> Welcome to the state of Guinea. Um. So yeah, we'll approach KBC first. We'll go. To, yeah, we'll we'll just run through them all. AIB. Uh, Ulster Bank, we've got the Hippo, the Hippo Bank. Yeah, yeah, I still have my Hippo oh, account. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still have, my, that in. still have my Henry Hippo account. Well, rainy days and all that. Mm. You never know when you're going to need it. Um, yeah, so we'll, I think you could be on to something. Also, speaking of ATM cards, after the curry, so I took the after eight and your man gave me two after eights. And I said, look, nobody needs two after eights. Oh, yeah, eights. that's how we started on that. And I took... One after eight. Yeah. And then the other after eight, I said, I'll just throw that away now because I don't need that. Mm. Okay. And I'm 100% sure my ATM card was on the after eight and I drew it into the bin because I think I had the receipt in my hands. The ATM card is gone. If it's like my last ATM card, I won't bother reporting it missing because to be quite frank, that person was spending less than me on it. So I was like, okay, I'll leave them off. 
Um, it's gone then. It's gone. I know. And it's Exciting. the hassle of the Netflix and the Spotify and everything's on the cart. I knew straight away what had happened because I went to the car park and I didn't have the cart. And I was like, 100%, I just threw that in the bin there, my ATM card. But I often like don't report. I'll report this one missing, all right? But I often don't report ATM cards missing. Every fifth um, one you report, don't you? Yeah, well, the last you time when do. I was in Central America, but and I, I lost see the you loads with this card. You're always ha- you always holding it in your fucking yeah, hand stupid. all the time. What I know. Is, what is I with know. you in the well, card? Well, I will keep in a wallet, but it's just a wallet in my pocket. Then just adds so much yeah, onto the arse that owe- I want to stay slim. <laughs> But the last time in Central America, the last time I was in Central America, the one time I was there a couple of years ago, and I remember I left it in the machine and then I forgot to report it missing. So about six months later when I was working again, I was like, oh, I didn't actually report it missing at the time, but I lost my credit card about six months ago. Um, But she, I remember the girl in AIB, name drop, was like, what do you mean you didn't report it missing? I was like, well, the only thing they could have done was pay it off. Do you know what I mean? Like that was the yeah. only thing they could have done. Okay. Uh also so we've mentioned our wonderful sponsor, Copperberg. Live event happening September eleventh in Whelan's the Parlor Bar. Tickets are available at Eventbrite. The link uh is on our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that jazz. Gonna be a lovely evening. Simpson special with yes. the comedic panel. And all that. Jazz. Also, if you want to support our Patreon, please do. Please. It's four euro a month. Um, you are under no obligation to support us, but if you do choose to support, you will get a shout out every month. Yes, and you're also going to get a personalised birthday card from Emma and Julie and our undying love. Um, if you don't uh, want to support us on Patreon, even just spread the word and tell a friend, someone you trust, etc. Love you forever. Okay, Fight Club. Do you remember Fight Club? Do loved it. So, of course, Fight, Fight Club was a seminal cult classic. Oh, before I start, can I just also thank Angela Malone, who was the one who suggested JC Dugard episode. Oh. So, big shout out to so Angela. So, Breach and... Yes, Breach also suggested it. So they both did. And Angela Malone. So Angela out, should get to know Bridge. Shout yeah. out, guys. Uh, we're all on the same page. And if you do have other suggestions, please do get in touch because sometimes you see one and you're like, ooh, yes. That's I know. A good juicy, Thank juicy. you so much. So, Fight Club, cult classic, came out in 1999. So, just okay. about able to talk about it on up to 90. Do you remember the two actors in it? Well, Brad Pitt. Of course. Brad Pitt and Ed Norton, who I always think is like. He was always kind of a secret fancy of mine, Ed Norton. Something very uh, sexy about yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. of course, goes out saying Brad Pitt was the big star in uh, in Fight Club. He'd been in loads of films at this point. Thelma and Louise, uh, Interview with the Vampire. Uh, he'd been in Seven. Twelve Monkeys was the one, of course, that he was nominated for an Oscar. Uh, loads of films Legends of the Fall A River on Street all that kind of crack Ed Norton the year previous had been in uh, I, do you know it's still such a fantastic film and when I saw it now today I was like oh that's the next one I have to do film wise American History X 1998 oh. wow do you remember the scene with the pavement is that 98? That's 1998. So Ed Norton had just been that. Yeah. And the thing with Ed Norton is, of course, that he's just Mr. Cool, isn't he? When it comes to the films. Yeah, I don't know if he ever made a bad choice. Him. And then it's not like he's... I mean, he's not... He's an amazing looking man, but he's not a 
Brad Pitt in no. the looks department at all. No, no, do you know no. what I mean? But there's something just more interesting about him, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, very I much don't know so. What, I don't there's know some kind of, I know we used this in the last episode, because um, it's a term, obviously I was familiar with, but for some reason I'm using it a lot these days. Okay. There's a bit of big dick energy to Ed Norton. Yeah. There's something, something. Mm. Uh, Fight Club is a 1999 film based on the 1996 novel by Chuck Palahniuk. Now I knew I was going to pronounce this wrong. Palahniuk. Hey, it was. You're so, doing a podcast with me. You're always going to sound good yeah. on the pronouncing was, of names. Mwah, love you, Emma. Okay, so it was directed by David Fincher, and of course had Brad Pitt, Edward Norton. Do you remember the lady who played Marla? The love uh, interest, Bonham, Helena Bonham Carter. Love-hate relationship with her. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Norton plays the unnamed narrator, which of course is what's so interesting about it. So he doesn't have a name. Uh, he was discontented with his white-collar job. He forms a fight club with soap salesman Tyler Durden and becomes embroiled in a relationship with him and a destitute woman, Marla Singer. So the deal with the film is basically like he's uh, this guy. So first of all, the guy who wrote the book, Chuck Palahniuk, uh, wrote the book and he, which I thought was interesting. So he based it on the fact that he went off camping with his mates he had this like job that he hated mm-hmm. like Edward Norton in the film it was a 9 to 5 office job he went off Chuck in real life uh, camping with for uh, camping of a weekend with his mates got embroiled in a fight came back to the office Monday and his face was totally smashed up and where he got inspiration for the story was the fact that nobody in the office asked him what happened to his face. Oh, okay. So that, of course, is a running theme in the film mm. that, like, Ed Norton is coming in increasingly yes. bed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody's like, what the fuck is going on with your face? So that just kind of total dissociation from one another. Yes. You know, like, that was one of the things they explored. So Brad Pitt... Uh, uh, plays this guy Tyler Durden he got 17.5 million dollars for the film Ed Norton do you want to guess what he got I thought this was interesting so Brad got 7.5 17.5 million 17.5 Ed Uh, Norton guess what he got 22 2.5 million what yeah he only got, only inverted commas, 2.5 million. Okay. Brad Pitt uh, got the role, but originally they had Russell Crowe in mind for the for the role. Oh, um, Brad Pitt's so much better. So much better. Can you imagine? Is it Russell Crowe not like the oh most unlikable guy God. ever? If oh, that had been Russell Crowe, it would have been a completely different Oh, it would have been awful. It would have been lots of whispering. And oh, one, a woman I love, and she's one of these ones that, a uh, bit of a Katie Bryce, and that's so many people give out about her, but I've just always had such a grow, such love for her. Courtney Love. Oh, yeah. Courtney wanted Marla's role. Of course, was shagging Ed Norton at the time. And yeah. they were like, sorry, Courtney, no. She's like, it's I haven't been be shagging him for no reason. Uh, and Reese, oh, She would have been deadly in it. She would have been brilliant, wouldn't she? Yeah. She would have been really yeah, good. Yeah. Reese Witherspoon, of course, was uh, was f- would have been shite in it, to be quite honest. But they were like, yeah. no, she's too young. She was in the running. I and think that totally would have changed the path of her career because she's done a lot of like very twee shite. You know, she was she? in this film called Julie Johnson. Which is my real name. Yeah. And she basically plays this wife, housewife, who embarks on this lesbian affair. Oh. And it's called Julie Johnson. And <laughs> I think you're one from the OCs in it. Right. What's that one who's got the, you know, is she Irish? Is the mother Irish or something? You know, oh, Misha one. Barton. Yeah, I think she's in it. Um, and have you watched this movie? 
Uh, I got complete. It was a straight to DVD kind of movie. Right, okay. Uh, I've seen a couple of clips, but it's just all kind of like lingering glances, and I don't, I don't really know. So Reese has an affair with Misha. No, Courtney Love plays oh, Julie sorry. Johnson, who's this housewife <sighs> who embarks on this. Yeah, I know because I was saying. Affair. I think. Reese Witherspoon would have had a completely different career if she'd been in Fight Club. I think it actually would have been great for her. Oh, yeah. Because well, I think I mean, a lot of her movies have been just so she's like... She's just playing we- Reese Witherspoon in every movie. It's just fucking boring. And what yeah. was that one that... Even though she's great in Big Little Lies. But what was that one that she was in? And was she a cop or something? Look, nobody was... Bi- I mean, legally blonde. It, like a Sweet little- Home Alabama. You're just playing Reese Witherspoon. Reese with But I do spoon. think Fight Club would have been great for poor old Courtney. Ah, uh, yeah, like well. if I had a choice, I would have picked Courtney and then Reese. We're Team Courtney all the way. Um, so basically, anyway, and they also actually the director produced or approached Julia Louis Dreyfus, of course, who played Elaine in Seinfeld. Yeah, and right, she's like, yeah. no, thanks. Um, so Juliette Lewis would have been a fucking good one as well. Yeah, and she's not totally dissimilar either from uh, Helena Bonner Carter. So basically, Tyler Durden is played by Brad Pitt. And he's like this really good looking guy. So Ed Norton's character, the narrator, is living this life that he hates. And he meets Tyler Durden on a flight on a business. Uh, he's on a business trip. He's flying home. And of course, it's a film with like so many quotes. So mm. he st- strikes up this conversation with Tyler Durden, who is enlightening to him to the fact that he's basically like enslaved by consumerism, etc. So it was a it was a kind of a book and a film which really explored like kind of I suppose pre millennial anxiety and this kind of like just like people being really not content with their like mundane lives kind mm. of thing and specifically men of course but Tyler Durden so we first have a conversation with him on the plane but he's actually seen him and noticed him about five points previous to this in the film so he's seen him by a photocopier he's seen him um, as a waiter in a restaurant and he's seen him as uh, someone else at one of these group so he goes to these group support meetings. Do you remember oh, this? Yeah. This is gas. So he goes to, uh, you know, he goes to the doctor and he talks about like how he's just feeling shit, etc. And the doctor's like, you know what? You need to go to a cancer support group and then you'll see what pain is really like. So he starts going to these support groups purely for catharsis. Like he's an imposter. So he goes to like all these different support groups mm. um, purely just to go and to just kind of i suppose immerse himself in misery like it, it it's 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 one of the maybe i suppose it's like there's a lot of dark humor in the film but it's one of the kind of funnier parts in the sense like it's just so bizarre and with that he encounters this fellow imposter by the name of Marla so Marla becomes his love interest yeah. and how they get talking is they're like okay we're going to split the we're going to split the group. So he's like, I'm going to go to the testicular cancer support group. And she's like, OK, well, I'll take, you know, whatever the other support group is. They kind of split them up. And then, of course, they embark on a love affair, etc. And what happens is, is that I suppose it really kind of gets the ball rolling on the story. So we have the love story established. And one night... Uh, the narrator comes home to find that his apartment has 
basically been burned to the ground. There's been an explosion and everything's been destroyed. And previous previous to this, we've seen the apartment and even come back to it, it's quite funny because like looking at like urban living is painted in such like a negative way. So he's obsessed with Ikea and he buys the shelves and he buys, you know, the drawers and the matchy. So this has been destroyed. So he's been given a fresh start. So he goes... And again, like there's so many bizarre twists and turns to the film. But instead of ringing Marla, who's his love interest, he rings Tyler. Mm. So he has his business card from the flight. He rings him. They meet in a bar. And Tyler says, this is a really good thing. You know, you have been given the chance to start afresh. Like this is, you know, a positive. And he goes outside with him and he tells him, he says, listen, uh, hit me. Hit me now. What do you want me to do? You just want me to hit you. Come on, do me just one favor. Why? Why? I don't know why. I don't know. Never been in a fight. You? No, but that that's a good thing. No, it is not. How much can you know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? I don't want to die without any scars. So come on, hit me before I lose my nerve. Oh, God. This is crazy. You I, should I, go crazy. Let her rip. Hey, I don't know about this. I don't either, but who gives a shit? No one's watching. What do you care? Wait, what? This is crazy. You want me to hit you? That's right. What, like in the <laughs> face? <laughs> Surprise me. This is so fucking stupid. Oh. Motherfucker! You hit me in the ear! Well, Jesus, I'm sorry. Ow! Christ! Why the ear, man? Oh, I fucked it up. Oh, that was perfect. Oh, oh. And the narrator's like, what are you talking about? So they're in the car park and Tyler's like, hit me. How are you going to know what you're made of until you hit someone? So he goes him and they end up having this huge fist fight in the mm. car park. And of course, then they're surrounded by all these these guys, etc. And what happens is, is that they essentially start this regular fight. So... Every weekend, they'll have Mm. this fight outside this bar, this restaurant, and people will come to watch them. So then they move the fight into the basement of the restaurant. Yeah. And then they start what they call fight club. So they call a fight club and then they basically encourage other guys to come along and fight with each other. So, of course, there's the rule um, that it's like no shirts, no shoes. So it's essentially like bare knuckle fist fighting. Am I still wearing clothes? I feel like my dress has just melted off. Oh, I know. It's just so hot. Um, But yeah, so they're speaking of no shirts, um, similar to Emma right now, he's wearing no shirt. Uh, They start this club and, of course, a few cameos. So Meatloaf. Do you remember Meatloaf? I thought he was great in it. Oh, he was great. What was the story with him having boobs? What was that? Oh, yeah. So he wanted to have... um, there was something about that he wanted to have a fat suit with nipples and they were like, no. And then he was, uh, no, I'm going to actually just play something out in a moment. But he wanted him to have a fat suit with nipples and he was like, no. So basically they fe- they fi- filled up the fat suit with like bird seed okay. to simulate like fat moving. Yeah. Um, Because obviously like he's, you know, physically moving in this fight. So he has to wear like this T-shirt um, but like Meatloaf had like great crack with it, like, and then he gave him like a funny little card at the end and stuff, because obviously Ed Norton spent so much time just like smashed into like Meatloaf's fat suit. Um, but why did he have the the character? Why did the character have the boobs? What was the story? 
but what do you mean? What was the story behind it? Like he had, f- he had like female boobs, did he not? I think now maybe I'm wrong, but I thought it was just an exaggerated moob situation. Was it? Yeah, I think that's what they were getting at with that. Now I could be wrong, but was that not what they were kind of getting maybe at? They, no, sorry, because remember I was saying to you before we started, like it's been long enough since I've seen it. Do you know what I mean? That I remember bits and pieces of it, but it's kind of all coming back to me now. Well, it was a real one for, um, it was a great one for the quotes. I mean, basically what happens, like it's all about the big twist at the end. So if you haven't seen the film, I'm just going to give the spoiler alert. So they're meeting up and they're having these fights. And of course, what's happening is more and more men are coming to this these fights. Yeah. So the film was very controversial and it really polarised critics when it came out. It was yeah. actually really initially panned by critics. So the, mm. the only one that was really positive about it was The Guardian at the time. But it was very polarising. So it was kind of panned by critics when it first came out because I suppose it was looking at what was considered to be maybe a more toxic side to masculinity. It was, you know, it was obviously very violent, a lot of gratuitous violence. Gerard Leto was another one, actually, who was a great cameo. And he has this prosthetic and it actually looks so real. So the prosthetic is... uh, is his nose and they break his nose and all this blood stuff comes gushing out and mm. it looks so real it's completely gross but like there's a lot of gratuitous violence a lot of people comparing it to Clockwork Orange etc yeah. um, but it was polarised it was very polarising in terms of the critics reviews at the time it didn't make a lot of money it was didn't. cost. It cost sixty million. Well, initially, it cost sixty million to make. Right. It only made thirty-seven million. Now, bearing in mind, Brad Pitt was paid seventeen point five million, and Ed Norton was paid two point five yeah. million. So, like, that is not a lot of money in the scheme of things. When you think we've paid twenty million to our main actors, and it made yeah. thirty-seven. But what happened was, of course, it became a huge cult classic on video, DVD, all the rest. So it was after the fact that people really began to appreciate it. Um, It came at the worst possible time because guess what had just happened in America when the film had come out? Columbine. So it came at a really bad time that people were really against this kind of depiction of violence. They kept pushing it back as much as possible. But eventually they just had to bring it out. I think it'd be interesting if that film was being made now. I think that it would get massive press coverage and and whatever, because I think people would see it as a commentary on uh, Trump and him winning the election stuff like that. It would be, you know, like people would say that that uh, Trump being elected came out of people being frustrated, feeling that like they weren't represented within the country and that everything was kind of going a bit softy, well, it's, softy. Yes, it's very, yeah. I think if it came out, if it came out now, I think it would be a smash straight away. I think like maybe mm. as like, obviously it's, it's crazy and you know, it's a crazy movie and whatever. But like, if you take, if you dilute it a bit and kind of see the social commentary 
behind it like just what you were saying kind of before the whole millennial thing yes about you know well it's really about I suppose people consumerism gone mad consumerism and gone mad and like that was this real thread in it and you're working towards this like you know inverted commas career and then you're in this career and you're like what the fuck is this all about and people being yeah. frustrated with well there was a lot of know, kind of like nihilism like there is no god you know like that kind of like nihilistic kind of um, I suppose like that dis like people feeling disenfranchised what's the point because that's one of the things that Tyler Durden Brad Pitt's character is always banging on about one of the quotes is of course um you know, uh, your life is ending minute by minute. Yeah. So the idea that like death was always kind of referred to just around the corner, etc. One thing actually about Meatloaf as well, which kind of just made me love Meatloaf more. And now I do. What was that? Was it anal? Was that what it was? I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. That Meatloaf wouldn't Sarah do Sarah Millican has that great joke, actually. Do you remember the one with the knickers? And on the front of the knickers, I would do anything for love. And on the back of them says, but I won't do that. Great joke, isn't it? No. He needed oxygen after every fight because he was like, fuck this cardio. Good old Meatloaf. Um, well, yeah, you see, because it kind of just very much explores that kind of, especially men, just feeling maybe that they have a bit displaced maybe you know lacking meaning in their lives and so many great quotes Tyler Durden uh, Brad Pitt's character I love this quote Uh, we are a generation of men raised by women so the idea again that like you know all these men are amalgamating going to like extraneous lengths to prove their masculinity and of course the narrator Ed Norton's character he sees all these members of Fight Club around the place, whether they're waiters, whether they're like on the oh, street, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the office, etc. But of course, as we know, the first rule of Fight Club is... Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. The first rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is, you do not talk about Fight Club. Third rule of Fight Club, Someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out. The fight is over. Fourth rule, only two guys to a fight. Fifth rule, one fight at a time, fellas. Sixth rule, no shirts, no shoes. Seventh rule, fights will go on as long as they have to. And the eighth and final rule, if this is your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. So they can talk about it outside. At New York Observer at the time, this quote, which I loved, came out with a great quote. A film without a single redeeming quality, which may find its audience in hell. That's what we call a mixed review. So basically the big twist at the end. So what happens is Edward Norton's character and Brad Pitt's character, they're living in this gaff. So he moves in with Tyler in with Tyler in his dilapidated house in this kind of like industrial, again, like almost like post-apocalyptic, just very dark. Kind of reminded me a bit of, do you remember Seven? The way like urban living is just depicted as relentlessly grim. So he's living in this area with uh, Brad Pitt's character. And then Marla overdoses and she rings out Norton's character for help and he doesn't go to help her. But Tyler um, goes to help her and then he hears them having like really, really loud sex. So she starts like basically riding Tyler. And one of the things, uh, one of the things which I thought was funny, 
there was this quote and when I said that I was doing Fight Club it was the first quote that I thought of from Helena Bonham Carter but just a bit of a backstory there's this moment where the first time Marla and the narrator have sex um, they uh, they so they the first time they have sex she says uh, I want to have in the book she says I after you know post coital after sex she says I want to have your abortion and the executive, the Fox executive, um, whose name, oh yeah, uh, Laura Ziskin, she said, look, uh, I really don't want you to have that line. That's the mm. only bit that I want you to change. So Fincher, the director, said, fine, I'll change it once, but that's it. I'm not changing it again. Like, that's it. Just one change. So she was like, deal. So he changed it too. And it was the first quote I thought of. I haven't been fucked like that since grade school. So that's what he changed it to. And she was like, begging him to change it back he was like no oh uh, Jared God. Leto again like the fact that his character was called Angel Face and the idea that they took such pleasure in beating the shit out of him and he's like this good looking guy like almost you can see how it was so controversial at the time because it was kind of appealing to who are those awful guys at the moment who are always giving out about you know these guys who are always giving out about women and they never get the score what is their name and they're they're online. Dickheads. No, you know who I'm talking about. You know they have their little forums and stuff. Oh yeah, I know what you're saying. And yeah. they're always like it's something like it starts with I. I know what I know what you're talking about. But yeah, you know these yeah. guys, and they're like fuck women. We don't need them. Blah blah blah. Mm. There is an element to that. Rosie O'Donnell got into big trouble because she went to see the film. Absolutely hated it. Could not hate it more. And she gave away the big twist at the end. The huge twist. She said, nobody needs to go to see this film. I'm going to tell you guys now on her talk show. She was like, this is the twist at the end. Do not go to see this film. Everyone's laughing their heads off. Of course, as Brad Pitt said, it's kind of unforgivable. That's what he said about it. He was like, I cannot believe opening week. She had seen it in the preview. She was like, I haven't slept for weeks. Nobody should go to see this film. It's awful. Because it probably kind of represented everything she despised in terms of like maybe an exploration of like toxic masculinity and all that. So he was raging at Rosie O'Donnell. So as the film goes on, um, just to get to the conclusion and the big twist, uh, Ed Norton's character is getting into more and more trouble in work because he's just turning up more and more banjaxed. So yeah. my favourite scene, of course, is when he's in the office and he blackmails his boss by beating the shit out of himself. Are you threatening me? No. Get the fuck out of here. You're fired. I have a better solution. You keep me on the payroll as an outside consultant. And in exchange for my salary, my job will be never to tell people these things that I know. I don't even have to come into the office. I can do this job from home. Who, who the fuck do you think you are, you crazy little shit? Security? I am Jack's smirking revenge.
you doing? Oh God, no, please, no! For some reason, I thought of my first fight with Tyler. No! This man took for granted. Something horrible had been growing. Now look, give me the paychecks like I asked, and you won't ever see me again. And right then, at our most excellent moment together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable scene. If you haven't seen it, you should YouTube it, guys, because honestly, Ed Norton just acts it so well. Mm. So he's boxing himself in the face. He's dragging himself around the room. The boss is standing there just aghast at what's happening. So he agrees to pay him and essentially fund Fight Club and Ed Norton no longer has to go into work. So, yay. yeah. So, of course, what's happening then is with Fight Club, it's getting increasingly political. So Tyler has set up, has basically decided that they should start doing random acts of vandalism, random acts of violence. So almost like kind of that frat boy, yeah, like really, upping the ante. Yeah, yeah, it really kind of starts to become this huge thing. Yeah, so he starts, so he says, now you have to go unbox a stranger. Then they start doing all this like mad political stuff where they're basically kind of, you know, involving themselves in anti-consumerism, all the rest. He then, Ed Norton, finds out that Tyler's planning on bombing uh, this building. Um, and again, you know, after Oklahoma and all the rest, like I suppose you can see how people maybe were a bit uncomfortable with these parts of the, the story. But like the idea that Tyler's going to uh, has planned to bomb a credit card company yeah. and thereby releasing everyone of their credit card debt by bombing the company like this mm. kind of thing. Because um, obviously this is before digital trails, guys. But the big twist at the end, of course, is Tyler explains to them that they are in fact Ed Norton and Brad Pitt are dissociated personalities of the one person. So Ed Norton is Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is Ed Norton. And they are one. So this is the big twist at the end. And Uh, to become one. Yeah. And that's how the movie ends. They both do a little dance routine to that. So of course then Tyler and uh, the narrator get into you know get into a fight at the end Uh, Tyler puts or well I should say Tyler puts the gun into uh, the narrator's mouth but of course really the narrator is committing suicide and that's the whole thing so it's essentially just this completely mad story and so many amazing moments and all the rest uh, of course, one of the things, uh, one of the criticisms levied against the film as well when it came out was that it encouraged a lot of vigilantism. There was uh, a lot of copycatting, uh, people trying to recreate uh, moments, violence, fights, etc. that they had seen in the film. And there were a lot of rumours at the time swirling around that there were these kind of makeshift fight clubs, uh, you know, uh, springing up here, there and everywhere. No more than, of course, when we used to 
watched the Ninja Turtles and then we all went off and bought bloody turtles. Like that's just human beings being idiots and it's always going to happen. So that was one of the things that was kind of, you know, maybe hurled against Fight Club, that it did encourage this behaviour and it probably did because human beings are thick. I love Fight Club, but at the same time, I'm well aware that it's completely up its own arse. Yeah, it's As well, it's mi- trying to be very, it's a bit obnoxious in its yeah, attempt. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely is. But I mean, you, you, it's, I don't think it's, it's not a movie that you walk away from and don't think about again. You definitely, it, provo- it uh, provokes a thoughts in one, which I always think is a good thing. And personally, I feel now that maybe it's just because I'm getting old or whatever. But like, I have no interest in the cinema. There seems to be mm. nothing of interest in the cinema at all. TV is where it's at. If I'm watching a movie now, I've got to like go back. Do you know what I mean? I've got yeah. to go back and watch something that well, slipped to the cracks and I didn't see. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think it would get made today. No, I don't think. I think also... Certainly wouldn't get made with fucking the likes of Brad, like, you know what I mean? Whoever the Brad Pitt equivalent is now, because Brad Pitt is not where he was when he made Fight Club. Obviously, no. he's still a big time actor and all the rest, but like it moves on, even just with their well, age. See, well, it moves the t- on. yeah, and the two of them yeah. had a lot of cool at the time because, of course, Ed Norton was coming from American History X, which is just a phenomenal film. And like Brad Pitt had gone off and done, you know, he'd been nominated for the Oscar with 12 Monkeys, he'd done all these kind of mad subversive films like 12 yeah. Monkeys, uh, Seven, all that kind of crack. So, you know, they had. You know, they could back it up as well. They had the cojones. Um, but it was, I mean, even coming back to it, it was so dark on so many levels. I didn't realise it was just after Columbine. So it is kind of a wonder that it got made at all. Well, it had been made. So I suppose they had to put it out. Yeah. But even the whole thing of like blowing up the credit card company I just know. has, it carries such echoes of, I mean, I was going to say Oklahoma, etc. But not in the sense that, uh, you know, they had any fucking political mandate as such in terms of like you know the whole thing in the film is like we're anti-consumerism and all the rest but it it did you could see how it disturbed people because it was just real enough well it was just a community based on violence and then yeah. do you remember very kind of, similar to the clockwork orange like very said, very similar as you said like the whole thing started to grow and grow and it was its own machine. Do you remember, like, they were all kind of going out like foot soldiers, planning different acts of violence yeah. and whatever. And, and just pure vigilanteism. Yeah, yeah. And then they kind of cultivated this army of followers and all the rest. And it did, the way it grew was probably scary to a lot of people. Um, yeah, but that's and not a bad, you know, like, that's not a, you know, that's not a bad thing to, it's a movie. It is a movie, people. So, guys, listen, thank you so much for listening. Uh, that is Fight Club. Do check it out. If nothing else, I think check out... Um, check out uh, Check out the, that scene. I love that and scene now in the office. And As Meatloaf once sang, two and out of three ain't bad. Uh, I have been Jeannie J. I've been Emma Dorn. God bless. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.